just as is, as the song has told us, you're a good, good father. You are perfect in all your ways. Remember what it is that song has again has encouraged us. Many are searching for answers far and wide. But you and I know that the answer that we seek is found in him and in him alone. Our hope, our confidence, our joy, our protection, everything, whatever it is that we long for and we desire, is found in this one who is our good father. And he's the one who says in his word that he will perfect your way and he will perfect my way. He knows the way that we ought to go. And that's the reason why only him, he is able to perfect that way that we walk and to perfect that which concerns us. So for the next few moments, I would like us to share briefly a thought or a word that has been placed upon my heart for today. And I pray that the Lord will draw us into that particular place of experiencing this love that we have sung about, love so undeniable that, you know, I, I, can be, I can't explain a peace that is beyond my imagination. He says it keeps our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. And that is as he perfects your way and as he perfects my way, then we are able to experience the wholeness and the fullness that he has desired of each one of us. Regardless of the situation or circumstance that we may pass through, it may be through a valley of suffering, it may be through a valley of uh, persecution, it may be through a valley of some difficulties, or it may be through a valley of great rejoicing. Either way, it doesn't matter. He remains perfect in all his ways. Everything that happens to us is not hidden from him. And that's why he says many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord will deliver him from each and every one of them. So let us always rest assured that he will deliver us from any particular affliction, from any particular difficulty we may pass through. He will deliver us. And let us also be encouraged ourselves just like the three those young men in, in Babylon, the word of God says they refused to bow and they declared unto Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar, let it be known unto you, our God is able to deliver us. But then they added, they said, but even if he does not deliver us, let it be known unto you, we will not bow our knee unto your demands or unto your command. And that is the attitude that God looks for us. Why? Because he says he is preparing for you and for me a wonderful city. He has prepared for you and I a wonderful place which is no comparison to where we are at the moment. He declares in his word that we are just but strangers and sojourners in this particular land where we are. And so today briefly I would like us to look at one particular aspect, a prayer that Jesus Christ offered and gave to the Father. He spoke to his disciples about it. And then later on, he comes and speaks to the Father about it. And there's one phrase that dropped into my spirit in the course of this particular week as I saw to the Lord on what it is that we're going to share on. And this is the word that came across unto me. And that's what I'm going to share with us today. Let us quickly look at the scripture that we know in Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 to 13. 
the Lord's Prayer as we call it. He says, in this manner, therefore pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Now in that particular prayer, hold just the thought of that particular prayer and then we jump across to John chapter 17, verse 12 to 15. The Lord says, while I was with them, that is Jesus saying, while I was with them in the world, I kept them in your name. Those you, whom you have given me, I have kept, and none of them is lost except the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. But now I come to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Verse 15, and I want you to listen to that one again. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but this is what I want you to hold in your mind but that you should keep them from the evil one. In the first place, the last prayer that he, aspect he told his disciples, he says, when you pray to the Father, pray, but deliver us from the evil one. And then here, as he's about to leave to go to the Father in chapter 17 of John, John 17 verse 15, he again prays to the Father now, and he specifically asks him, that you should keep them from the evil one. He acknowledges that he has left us in the world, but then he tells the Father, keep them in your name. Keep them from the evil one. Now hold that thought in your mind. And I want you to jump across to First Chronicles chapter 4, verse 9 to 10. You can read it later. He says, Now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. And his mother called his name Jabez, saying, Because I bore him in pain. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed, and enlarge my territory. Now listen. And that your hand will be with me, then he prays, and that you would keep me from evil that I may not cause pain. So God granted him what he desired, what he requested. Now quickly, if you look at every one of those particular passages that we have read, first of all, when we look at the Lord's Prayer, there are seven things that Jesus instructs us to ask from God. If you look at it, there are exactly seven things. And the seven things are, he says, ask the Father that, O oh God, hallowed be your name. Secondly, your kingdom come. Thirdly, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Fourthly, give us this day our daily bread. The fifthly, give, forgive our debts as we forgive those who are our debtors. Then the sixthly, and do not lead us into temptation. 
Then the last request we ask the Father, he says, ask him, but deliver us from the evil one. And then you give him the glory for yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Seven things he instructs us to ask from God. Ask, your, just marvel, ask yourself, why does he specifically ask his disciples to ask these specific things from, from God? There are many things we go into prayer, we go asking up and down. But seven things he specifically tells them, when you pray, ask these particular seven things from, from your heavenly father. His, all these seven things, in essence, he indicates they proceed from the father. We can't get them from anywhere else. And the other thing you design is that because of these seven things, they are the ones that will bring wholeness in your life and in my life. The seven things that have been mentioned there are the seven things that make the life of a man or a woman complete. They make a man or a woman whole. Look at them once again and you'll discover how powerful those particular requests are that he asks us to be able to ask of the Father. But the seventh one, as he finishes the list of the requests, is an interesting one. He tells the Father, he asks, ask him, deliver us from the evil one. Why is it so important that he specifically instructs the disciples, make sure you ask for this one. Then later on, before he leaves, as we found later on, he again cries out to the Father, I'm leaving them in the world. Keep them from the evil one, O God. And specifically asks the Father, keep them in your name. Now borrow a leaf from Jabez. Jabez, in all the prayer that he could pray, as he prays, bless me. Indeed, enlarge my territory. We pray those particular prayers, but then specifically asks at the end, and keep me from evil. There is something about evil that is very unique in relation to the life of a man or a woman. And I wanted to inquire from yourself, just imagine, what peril was it that Jesus saw was surrounding his disciples that he tells them, make sure you ask that God will deliver you from the evil one. And each one of us, I know we pray every single day, but I want you to look at yourself and, one, and I just ask yourself, how many times do I really ask God to deliver me from the evil one? We live in a time where there are so many models of prayers that are given unto us by different servants of God. And I, I don't refute any one of them. They are all wonderful prayers. And it's nice for us to pray them. But I want you to realize the prayer that the Lord himself tells you and tells I. You've heard of people who testify, the devil cannot come near me. I will chase him away. I will do ABCD to the devil. There are many times we can be arrogant in the way that we present ourselves before the kingdom of darkness. But I want you to notice something of what the Lord specifically tells you. You and I, we, can, we, are, not, we are no match to the evil one. We cannot be able to tackle him. He is a cunning, wicked, evil, sly enemy. And that's why Jesus says, only one person is able to deliver you and deliver me from this evil one. And his name is our Heavenly Father. 
And if you look in Matthew chapter 18 verse 3, Jesus says something interesting. He says, and he said unto them, Surely I say to you, unless you are converted and become as, a little, as little children, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Then in Mark chapter 10 verse 14, again he says, But when Jesus saw it, that they were bringing children to him and the disciples were chasing the children away. He said, but when Jesus saw it, he was greatly displaced and said to them, Let the little children come to me. And do not forbid them, for such is the kingdom of God. The Lord God is looking for you and I not to complicate ourselves when it comes to the things of the kingdom of God. He wants you and I to simply accept what he has told us. And look at those seven requests he has told us to ask for. And how many times do we, do we honestly ask for this particular request? I remember one time listening to somebody telling a believer somewhere that, ah, this particular Lord's Prayer is a useless prayer. It's an old prayer. It's for the Old Testament. It is before Jesus went to the cross. You don't need to pray for that anymore. You are now new creatures. You don't need to pray this. And he was a, a, a minister of the gospel. I looked at him and I wondered, wow, what, what wisdom this man imagines he has by himself. But I wanted to look at what the Lord says. Deliver us from the evil one. Why? We are in a world, in the world, but we are not of the world, just as the word of God says. If you go to 1 John 5, 19, it says, We know that we are of God, and the whole world lies under the sway of the, of the wicked one. The whole world lies in the evil one, another scripture says. And thus, because the whole world lies in the evil one, the Father wants you to be safe from that particular evil one. You and I, we don't have the capacity or the power to be able to deliver ourselves from the schemes and the strategies and the endeavors of the evil one. If you look in the book of John chapter four, 8 verse 44, Jesus says of the devil, and he's speaking to the children of Israel, he says, You are of your father the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. The devil was a murderer from the beginning. He does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. And when he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and a father of lies. And so when he's speaking to you and I to pray to the Father, deliver us from the evil one. He knows we are in the world and the evil or the schemes that surround us are beyond our imagination. And he wants this cry to come from you over and over and continuously wherever you appear before the Father. Father, deliver me. Deliver my wife. Deliver my children. Deliver my work. Deliver your church from the evil one for the glory of God. As much as we wrestle, in, in the wrestling that we wrestle against the evil one, mainly the Lord of God says we are resisting, we resist him. But we ask the Father, deliver us from this evil one, because this evil one, we cannot deliver ourselves from, from him. And why? He says in Isaiah, if you go to Isaiah chapter 30 verse 21, he says, Your ears will hear from behind a, a voice saying, This is the way, walk in it. Whenever you should turn to the right hand or to the left, or whenever you should turn to the left. 
What is the Lord telling us in this particular scripture? He's basically indicating us as we walk in the world because the world lies in the evil one. Every scheme and every system in the world is basically, it is corrupted. It has got a, an aspect of corruption that is attached to it. The riches of the world, the things that we look for in the world, there is something of the evil one that is attached to everything. But that's why the Lord says, I will deliver you from the evil one. That whatever is in the world, God has made the whole world. But the enemy has come to try to put a virus on each and everything. It's like when you try to put things in your computer and a program is a, has a virus attached to it. That is something similar that the enemy has done to the wonderful good that God the Father has done in the world. When man sinned, the enemy brought is like the coronavirus. He brought and he attached it to the lungs of the world, of everything in the world. And he wants, whenever we touch that, we may get corrupted in one way or another. But when you pray unto God this simple prayer, as a child, deliver us from the evil one. Remember what he says in Proverbs chapter 16, verse 25, that there is a way that seems right to a man. But the end thereof are the ways of death. Basically what the Lord is saying that our goals in life, in this world, our purposes in this world, the destinies that we may have in this world, they are all but vanity. And in one way or, an, or another, they all one or, somehow are going to turn into, into vanity. But the thing that the Lord calls us unto is clear and it is put forth clearly unto us. If we cry to the Lord, he will deliver us from the evil one. Remember what he says in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6 and 9. The devil is like a roaring lion. He goes to and fro seeking whom he may devour. And what he's calling upon you and me is be wise. Do not underestimate the evil one. Do not take the evil one for granted. He, you remember in the, when Jesus was baptized, this same evil one had the audacity to go and try to subvert the Holy One. The Lord Jesus Christ himself, he attempted to go to subvert him from the ways of the Father. Regardless of who he was, he had the audacity to reach out. Why? Because the whole world lies in the sway of the evil one. But realize Jesus never argued with the evil one. He never tried to negotiate with him. He only simply as a child told him, the father says it is written. The father says it is written. The father says it is written. Do not seek to negotiate with evil. Do not sit to sit down and say, I am strong. I am going to overcome this thing. Do not go into the evil one's domain with the assumption, I am strong. I am saved. I am Holy Spirit filled. I am going to overcome this. Don't do that. Why? Because you cannot deliver yourself from the evil one. I cannot deliver myself from the evil one. Only the Lord is able to deliver us from the evil one. Remember in the garden of our Eden, God's own garden, and think about the experience of Adam, a man created in God's own image and the woman created in God's own image. They were God's likeness. Everything about God was manifested in these two people. Yet, 
Listen to what the word of God says. Now the serpent was more cunning. That is in chapter 3 of Genesis verse 1. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat the fruit of, of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree of life in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat of it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. And the serpent said to the woman, you will surely not die. For God knows that in the day that you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. But already they were like God. They were images of the Most High God. And they were in the likeness of the Most High God. And the evil one comes in his trickiness in the garden of God. In the very place where you think you are safe, the enemy has a way to be able to find his way there and to try to come to trick you or to trick me. That's why Jesus says, pray unto the Father, deliver us from the evil one. Don't underestimate the enemy, my beloved ones. It is the delight of the Father to take care of you in, and, and me in his arms, to watch over you. That's why he even told the children of Israel, I will heal your bread, I will heal your water. Why? Even their water, there was an evil that the enemy will try to adulterate that water. Their bread, there's an evil that the enemy will try to adulterate that particular bread and to spoil it, to put something evil in it that will subvert their minds and their souls as well as their bodies. And so he speaks unto them, he says, I, if you serve the Lord your God, and obey his commandments, I will heal your bread, I will heal your waters, and I will take these sicknesses away from you. The Father is a good Father, and he wants to take care of each one of us in a manner that is beyond our imagination. Look when you look at the new world that he is bringing. He says he will be the son. He says he will provide for everything. He does not even want you to go to work to be able to provide for yourself in the land that is coming. That's what he had done in Aden. Man was not supposed to do anything. He was just supposed to walk up and down and take care of everything while the fruits are available for him to eat. Everything was available. He just was to keep everything in order. But then the enemy brought the lie. And this is the desire of the father. And it's my prayer that by the grace of God, he will be able to endure us without wisdom. Just as I finalize, when you have time, read Genesis chapter 12, verse 10 to 20. And also Genesis chapter 20, verse 1 to 7. It speaks of an experience Abraham had when he went to Egypt and when he went to, uh, to Abimelech. The word of God says, Abraham spoke to his wife Sarah because she was his cousin or his sister. And she told, he told her, Sarah, tell them you are my sister so that they don't kill me. That was the way we operate. We try to manipulate stuff for our own safety. But then when he reached there, those people took Sarah to, put me, to be a wife to their kings or to the Pharaoh. But somehow God goes ahead. He speaks to Pharaoh in a dream and he tells them, you are a dead man. He speaks to Abimelech in a dream. He tells him, you are a dead man. If you touch that woman, you will see the whole of your race will die. Why? Because God keeps his own from the evil one. 
even in the midst of the trouble. Sometimes we may get ourselves in trouble, but I encourage you, cry out unto God for yourself, for your family, for your brothers and sisters in the body of the Lord Jesus. Every day I'm out crying out unto you. I plead with you. Pray unto God that prayer. Father, deliver my brothers, deliver my sisters from the evil one. Deliver my children from the evil one. It looks a simple prayer, but let us obey as children and we shall see the favor and the grace of God in Jesus' name. And so for the honor and for the glory of God, I pray over each one of us in the name of Jesus Christ that may the Lord God yet once again answer each one of our cry and each one of the cry of your distresses in the name of Jesus. May the name of the Lord Jesus Christ protect you and shield you. May the Lord send you help and deliver you from the evil one. May he grant you support. Support in every particular situation, whatever the enemy might try to bring. May you grant you support from his presence. May the Lord remember all the offering and the sacrifice and the giving that you have given yourself and of your substance even into his house and to bless the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. May the Lord grant you the desire of your heart that the enemy, the evil one, will not subvert it and will not adulterate or corrupt it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And may the Lord grant you success in the plans that you have set forth for the glory of his holy name. It is my prayer and my declaration that the Lord will grant you and I to joy and be victorious in the salvation of the Lord our God. And I pray that by his grace and by his mercy, the Lord will save you because you are his anointed one. May the Lord send you help from heaven because with the saving strength of his hand, he will uphold you, he will strengthen you, and he will help you. And above all, the Lord deliver you from the evil one. The Lord deliver your children from the evil one. The Lord deliver your family from the evil one. The Lord deliver your work and your businesses from the evil one. The Lord deliver your mind and your thoughts and your dreams and your everything from the evil one for the honor and for the glory and for the honor and praise of his name, in Jesus' name. Amen.